Hey guys, quickly before we start, we've been partnered up with YSN, Youth Sport Nutrition. A link will be put below. You can get 10% off. A Productions 10 at checkout. Also, you can support this channel on Patreon. A link will be put below. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It is your boy, DJ Amani, alongside my co-host, Victor. We are Athletics Productions, and today we are here to interview the lovely Laura Samuels. Can you please tell us about yourself? Give us a brief introduction. Thank you. Uh, yeah, my name's Laura. Um, I'm a triple jumper. My personal best is 14 meters, zero nine. Um, yeah, I like to have fun. That's about it. <laughs> okay, cool. So how are things currently going in training? Um, really well. Uh, my aim is to come out and open at Loughborough International. So we have around eight weeks okay. to train and get ready for that at the moment. Okay, cool. Um, so... At that competition, is it going to be the triple jump? Are you going to do something a bit different? Are you going to uh, do some sprints or some long jump? Definitely not. Definitely, <laughs> Definitely not. not. That's such a like, <laughs> strong answer. Why not? No, uh, sprinting, no. I, can't, I don't think I could make 100 meters at the moment. Uh, is that long due to jump? fitness? Yeah, I just get, I'm, I'm probably a 60 meter runner. I okay. get past 60 and I start failing. But long jump, I've not really trained or anything towards that at the moment, but triple jump I'll be definitely be doing. And it is a home, like a home competition. I okay. only live around the corner, so all my friends and family, they'll all travel up to come and watch as well. Okay, so good good family support unit with your friends as well. Yes, Okay, definitely. cool. So when you're competing, do you kind of thrive off having people there or are you a bit more like, no, I have to be by myself and just so I can focus on what I'm doing. So not necessarily worrying about those people that you know are definitely paying attention to you. No, I think the bigger the crowd, the better the competition, definitely. And with Loughborough, everybody's pretty close by. Okay. So um, where you're competing there, just right next to you, you're running down the runway with them right there. So um, it is a good competition. Is it easy to block them out because they're right there or sometimes can it be a bit like distracting like you're running down the runway but you kind of like take a little peek to see <laughs> what's going like we're you can kind of see door. what's going on I think we're just used to it as athletes um being on the runway you have to be really focused anyway and concentrate on what you're there to do yeah so you're kind of not looking at the side or who's there obviously you get the clap going and yeah. all the claps go off and that gets you down the runway so no I wouldn't say it put Put yeah, me well, that's, that's one of the questions um, one of the kids asked me to ask. You know when you start clapping and it doesn't go the way you want, how do you feel? It's awful. <laughs> <laughs> it's awful. So if you're at a competition, say say you're at like a league competition or something yeah. like that and you're trying to get yourself going, you're like, come on crowd, let's give it a crowd. There's 10 people in the crowd and you yeah. get them to yeah. clap. So they'll start off, you're going down the runway and you can hear it fading down, <laughs> down and down. So it's not good, but I mean, at least you tried. Right, so if you try and, because you've got like a minute to take your jump, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're clapping and there's no one clapping, are you going to continue clapping till they've noticed what you're trying to do and take that full minute? Or are you just going to be like, do you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to have to go for it today. Um, I've done both. I've okay. gone with both. So sometimes, especially if there's a track event going on and you're yeah. starting the clap off and then the gun will go and that will mess the whole clap up. So you just yeah. think, oh, forget that. I'll just run and, and I'll jump. But if you feel like you can get the crowd going, then mm -hmm. you just go for it. So, Gotta be confident. I think you're out there. Okay. So when <laughs> when was your you. your best time? Like from what you can remember, because you've been in the sport quite a while. Um, the first time you ever clapped, and the best memory of it. Um, 
I would say the first time I clapped would probably be British Championships. Okay. Um, when I was probably around 18 years old, so I just came into the triple jump. Yeah. I might have done it through the long jump when I was younger. Um, the best time I've ever clapped and I got a good reception was at the Commonwealth Games. Okay. Like I was clapping along and the whole stadium was like erupting. It was crazy. So that was a good one. How did that make, how did that make you feel to get that reception? Like, I know for me, for something like that, I would have had butterflies galore mm. in my stomach. Like my stomach could have been doing backflips. Um, I would have probably like just run through and, and fouled out knowing me, mm. but. Um, yeah, it got me down the runway. I mean, mm. I think it's the quickest I've ever ran down the runway. Giving, getting all that support off of people in the crowd is mm. crazy feeling. I can't even describe it. Okay. So how long have you been doing the sport? Um, I started athletics when I was nine years old through school. Okay. Um, I'm now 28. So a very, very so long quite, time. Quite a while. And when you started, I believe you was doing sprints. Yeah. How long did that last for? I'd done that up until I was around 16 years old. So okay, quite cool. a long time, really. And even going through English schools when I was younger, I was a sprinter. Okay. So, so how did you make that transition to long jump first? Yeah. And then to triple jump? Because I know a lot of people are scared of doing triple jump because mm -hmm. they're more likely to get injured. So how did you make that decision to go, you know, just gonna go to long jump. From sprinting, I've, I was always a really bouncy person. I had so mm. much energy when yep. I was younger and I was bouncing from one wall to the other and <laughs> diving around. Um, and as well as that, my mum was a GB gymnast when she was younger. So okay, she cool. was quite strong and bouncy. And um, I think my coach just, just suggested it one day because she was a long jumper as well. Okay. And I gave it a go and I seemed to be all right at it. So we started training at it, so. Because your first, your first jump was 11 meters something in the triple, the triple jump, jump. Mm -hmm. and you would have been i was say 15 yeah. 16 which is a pretty good jump <laughs> we're taking <laughs> it back now i didn't even know that <laughs> let's go, let's, yeah. should we pull up your power 10 and just yeah. give, it, give it to you and you see <laughs> it, and you can go through it because yeah it was pretty impressive jump mm -hmm. would you have just thought okay none of the sprint i'm gonna just reduce the sprints mm -hmm. try and focus on the season or did that just come like really slowly as the year goes on you just went okay take a step back from the long jump and go into the triple jump um i i think i gave it a go at a competition i think i filled in for someone to get some points uh, at a club no at a club classic <laughs> yeah classic. and i realized oh i'm actually all right because i won that day mm -hmm. it was it was a league match but then that qualified me to the nationals which was like the follow next couple of weeks which would have right. been I don't know if it was under 17 or under, I think it was under 20s then. Yeah, the under 20s. Yeah. So I went there and I actually won the championships, the British champs, the age group British champs. Your second job? Yeah, it must have <laughs> been my second or third. Uh, yeah, so I gave it a go and then I thought, oh, this is all right. From being a sprinter, I mean, I was probably top 10 in the UK at my age and then mm. going to number one, I was like, yes, I like this. So technically speaking, if you were top 10, there could potentially be something still there, just waiting Ooh. in the wings to come back to the sprints. Um, <laughs> well, I ugh, I just, it's the training for the sprinting. Mm. I struggle doing the 200 meters, mm. the 250s, even 150s I struggle with in okay. training. And my coach kind of has to adapt my training so that I can get through for a session. Yeah. yeah, so everybody else will have their normal session yeah. with let's say two minute recovery in between. I'll be on the side, I'll need four or five minutes <laughs> in between each one. But I'm getting better, I am getting better and I've been doing longer runs and even this morning I went to the park run which is really yeah, right. good for me 
Okay, how was that? How did that go? Um, okay, I struggled around, but I got there. Have you been doing that quite often or is that I like do a it new thing? Here and there I'll do it. I won't do it all of the time. On a Saturday, I only have a weight session and kind of a general strength session. So mm-hmm. if I do a park run, it's half an hour or hopefully long, less long half, <laughs> long, That's a long half an hour. <laughs> It's a long half an hour because yeah. I, I know like waking up in the morning as well to mm-hmm. kind of go and do something that's out of your comfort zone. Yeah. It is like, oh, can I be bothered to do this today? <laughs> like, not today. Fair use to you to be able to get up and do it and then come and do your weight session. Because mm-hmm. I know for me, if I was to wake up and do a park run, I would not be going to the gym. <laughs> or at least maybe later on in the day, I'd mm-hmm. think about, okay, maybe I should go to the gym because that's what I initially wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But yeah, fair use to you to be able to do the two sessions within what? Three, four hours? Yeah. Okay. Trying to stay motivated, I am. <laughs> what motivates, staying, staying on the motivated side, what keeps you motivated to still be in athletics for, let's say, 19 years? Yeah, roughly. Um, I don't actually know. There was a couple of years ago, I think I got injured at, um, in 2017. Okay. I had plantar fasciitis in my feet and it's not that bad of an injury, but mm-hmm. as a triple jump, because you're having to take off of one leg yeah. and land it back down, it was so painful. Some mm-hmm. days I couldn't wake up, uh, I mean, I woke up and I couldn't even walk on my feet because they were so painful. So, you had it in both? Yes, Ooh, both ouch. of them. So I kind of took time out and I thought, you know what, do I really want to do athletics? Mm-hmm. You know, it takes up a lot of your time. You don't have a normal job. Um, I'm getting to an age now where you're kind of thinking, oh, what do I do? Mm. So um, I, I tried to come away from the sport and I enjoyed my summer, went on holiday with my friends, enjoyed myself. And then it got to October time and I was like, oh, what do I do? (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing for me to do. And although I was working with a really good company traveling around the UK, trying to get kids involved in sport, I wanted to do it myself still and I couldn't step away from it. So I'm glad that I've took it in and I've gave myself a couple of years to try and make the Olympic team and we'll see what happens. Okay. That that sounds quite, sounds quite interesting because to do the sport for so long, and then you've still got that motivation mm-hmm. to get up and do the sessions. Like how many times a week do you train? I train Monday. We have two sessions a day. So morning and afternoon. So Monday, they'll be the same. Tuesday, the same. Mm-hmm. Wednesday or Thursday, we'll have off, depending. So um, we'll have a double session on those days. Then Friday, we'll have one session and Saturday, two sessions. So we get Sundays off and one day off in the week. Two sessions, two sessions, two sessions per day. <laughs> so you're not working at the moment. Um, I'm working or for a like company. Yeah, I'm working for a company called Sports for Champions. So okay. we're kind of um, traveling around the UK, trying to get kids involved in sport, raising money for the school as well, and mm-hmm. for us as athletes to be able to obviously live and yeah. buy equipment for ourselves. So um, yeah, I kind of try and work it around because I am dotted around all of the time. Do you find it difficult to? to balance the two sessions while having to do the work as well? Yes. So if I've got two schools a day, sometimes I'll have, I'll go to school in the morning and in the afternoon. And then after that, I'll have to do two sessions together. So I'll have to have a jump session and a running session together, or maybe a jump session and a gym session together. So it is quite tough. Which one do you prefer in terms of having a gym session and a jump session or sprints and jumps um 
always a gym session I'm always for the gym session because although it is tough on your body you can mm. kind of just get on with it and just do it like, yeah. yeah but running session <laughs> not me. it's just not me <laughs> I find it quite it's it's quite funny that you you do a sport a particular sport that requires you to do quite a lot running. of running like in a short space of time as well but you hate running yes so <laughs> I'm guessing when you have a jump session, it's like, oh, yay, cool. I'm, I'm going to go do a jump session today. And then when you have sprints, it's like, do we have to do sprints today? Yeah. Do we have to do runs today? So you said you do you do 150s. Is that the most you'll do in um, your like your longer sessions? Because I know with jumpers, it's quite varied. Like yeah. a lot, if I speak to different jumpers, they all have different numbers of how far they would run. Mm-hmm. Um so one guy that I speak to, he only does maximum of like 250. Yeah. Another guy will do threes. Some only go down to, some will do as far as 120, but there'll be like loads of them. Yeah. So where's your cap off point in terms of long runs? I think it is different for each athlete. Mm-hmm. So in my training group, coach will put on 250s to 300 going through the winter period. Yeah. But for me, he'll go 120, 150s, but I'll just have to do more. Okay. So I'm just I am a bit different. <laughs> so instead of four runs of like threes, it might be like six runs of one fifty yeah, kind of thing. Exactly that, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. And are those like all out sprints or are they like, no, you know, Too run good. hard for the first forty and you kind of, <laughs> you know, find your way around the track? Um, depending what kind of year. Obviously in the winter it's kind of tempo y but yeah. quick. And when we're getting towards competition time it'll be full out or we'll have differentials, so we'll be split it up into 40s and it'll be fast, faster and fastest. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of speeding up as you go along, which I really don't like, but I do think it is beneficial for your speed. It just kills me at the, at the end, <laughs> it just kills me. So do you have that point in the week where like you're now just absolutely mash up from the sessions prior, like Monday, Tuesday is fine. And then Wednesday, that break, it just mm-hmm. like drains you. And then Thursday, you still feel drained even though you've had that day off? I think the end of the week, so the Saturday, Mm -hmm. is the day where I'm like, yes, I've got tomorrow off, I can get through it, rest up, and back at it on the Monday. Okay, sounds cool. Mm -hmm. Um, So just going through like the age group stuff, um, titles, what titles did you accumulate over your junior years? Um, are we talking English schools juniors or so junior, we can juniors? we can do it as um, very domestic here so I think for you it would be Midlands um, like counties and stuff mm-hmm. and then going on to the international stuff um, so as a triple jumper or as a that is entirely well, okay, we, let can me go, think. we can go with both so I have to go really we, we way let, back where <laughs> we have to let the people know yeah so uh, as a sprinter growing up I at county level I would probably always win my Leicester counties mm-hmm. and would come here to Midlands I think I have a couple of gold medals as in Midland champions for the 100 meters okay maybe one even for the 200 I'm not sure you um, stretched out to the 200 yes, Consi- yes. consider I can you hear this how. people she said she doesn't like running but she holds a medal for the 200 please let's just take that in <laughs> and then after that um the long jump I was always pretty up there, so Midland champion. And then um, English schools, I've got two, no, one gold medal at English schools for the long jump and a silver medal Okay. at the English schools. And then after that, I think I went on to the triple jump. Yeah. 
So I think I went and got a gold medal at the triple jump at the English schools. I would uh, at the counties as well, and it would have been at Midlands. Okay. Mm -hmm. What is English schools like for your first time to when you're now kind of like you've done it a couple of times and you know what it's like? Like how how is that experience for a young athlete at the time? At the time, it's the most amazing thing. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, you're trying to get your standard to go to the English schools, and that's a big thing, thing in itself. Yeah. And then you're kind of, you're getting your kit, everybody from your area, you've been selected, so you'd all go to a meeting, yeah. get on the bus, travel up to wherever it will be. I think we came to Birmingham a couple of times, and Gateshead, I think had another one in Sheffield or some, somewhere like that. Um, yeah, I mean, you get to see all these amazing athletes mm. from all over the country with your team and there's a lot of a pressure as a kid going to these competitions yeah but it's a lot of fun so much fun because you can see um from english schools as well when you do the parade mm -hmm. like when i did it it was quite i don't know i wasn't expecting it it's <laughs> <laughs> kind of walked out and some of the other counties have come in it well really big like the london counties come as loads of people yeah. And you can imagine, and like, you're just standing there, and everyone is just different sizes, different events. You don't even know what some events are. You just kind of guess that, you know, he's going to be quick. A sprinter. <laughs> <laughs> he can jump. Yeah, Defin you know. Definitely a thrower. <laughs> like, you can just tell. And the size difference is massive at that age mm -hmm. group as well, because it's got, well, under 20s to under 15s. Mm -hmm. And when you first won your first event, coming into the second one, were you more relaxed confidence mm -hmm. or did you already know you were the top of the year yeah and then like kind of like relaxed that like, okay i've got this it's different isn't it because the age groups you're either at the bottom of the age group or at yeah. the top yeah. <laughs> yeah so i think when i first went into the long jump kind of no one really knew who i who i was and i was new to long jump anyway yeah so i would have long jumped and done quite well um, it was here actually, it was in Birmingham, and I think I jumped five meters 80 or something under 17, something around there. And um, obviously no one knew who I was, but the yeah. next year I came to do the long jump and everybody, cause you'd got your medal the previous year and people yeah. would have, this is when the internet was coming around as well. Yeah. So everybody could research it. <laughs> exactly. oh, <laughs> but it was very new, person? yeah. First place, so, I need to know who they are. <laughs> people would know. And then obviously I would see who, who I was jumping against mm -hmm. and things like that. And um, yeah, I ca actually came and got a silver medal the second time. So okay. obviously the pressure got to me. <laughs> I think it was by one centimeter as well. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know it could have been worse? Mm -hmm. You could have had the same distance, and then they've had they have to <laughs> yeah, sit through true. and look through Let's everything look and be like, okay, who had the better second jump? Like mm -hmm. I've seen that happen so many times, and I'm just like, oh, this is dreadful. Oh, no. I've I've seen it happen a few times, so I think losing by a centimeter is probably a lot better than yeah having the, the same worst distance. one I've seen last year. <laughs> last year in the sixty meters under twenties, two of the girls got a similar time for the non-scoring. Mm -mm. And they had to flip a coin. <gasps> no. <laughs> no. They flipped a coin. They had to flip a coin. And I at the Nationals in Sheffield. And you can like you can hear it being announced saying these two girls come there and their faces. Because one of the girls Surely I knew that won. Isn't allowed. I mean yeah, one of the girls I knew won. And she's never won anything. She said I normally lose this kind of thing. <laughs> so she was excited, mm -hmm. you know, but I was saying I could not do that. I would I mean, just, you know. <laughs> personally speaking, I don't agree with that. I would have more said 
you know what, we're going to give you an hour or two yeah and then we'll just do a run out and do it that yeah, way yeah push the final back yeah push the final back let them you can't let do it on a coin that. how's that coin flip, nah. flip a coin <laughs> that's that's just as bad as what i was seeing at the europeans with the whole like oh um, with the sprints the sitting in that hot seat yeah. thing i don't know and obviously this is a podcast so i'm gonna say it. i don't know whose idea that was <laughs> but that was the worst thing I could have ever witnessed for mm. athletics. I don't know why they even thought that was a good idea because that's pressure. Yeah. Like, I mean, I would rather know that, okay, I've got the potential of losing my space, but I'm still going to prepare anyway, mm-hmm. not just sit there yeah. waiting. No, I didn't even mind sitting there. It was like, did and holding, <laughs> holding, holding the, to my ticket to the final, guys. Like, to the yeah. final. Yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't too keen on that. That was a bit strange. Like, no Twitter went crazy mm. when that happened because everyone was like, "What is this?" Even on the, even the comments, this was where a bit. I, the thing yeah. is, I saw it the first time I saw it. I was like, "Oh, that's new. Never seen that before." Mm. Kind of just blanked it out. Didn't think anything of it, and then started listening to the commentators talking about this. And I was like, "Wait." you guys can't be doing this. This isn't, this is not cool. I mean, I would have probably just put the the sign in the seat and said, you know, I got to go. Yeah. I don't really agree with I'm this. I'm sure some people must have done they it. They must have. So obviously, yeah. the first eat, they'll stay. Mm. And then the next eat comes through and if they're faster, you have to leave. Like you have to give them yeah, everything and walk actually, away. Like oh. that. No. See, we don't have to deal with them things as field events. Yeah, you guys. Yeah, just, we're all good. You know, now we eight we, we know like, our one is is top six or top eight, top and eight, then yeah. we're we're good to go. Like mm-hmm. that is it. If, like you and you know pretty much during the competition whether you're there or not. Because I've yeah. seen people like they've taken their second jump and they're like. Yeah, nah, today's not a good day, and they'll put their kit on and they'll just oh, sit no. there. They, they will just <laughs> it must sit have been really say, bad. I mean, for me, that's demotivating yourself. I would mm. say I've still got one more job. I need to try and, and just yeah. nail it on this one. But um, so, yeah, you've done English schools. You won your medals there. Um, first senior international vest. First senior was... No, not, sorry, not senior. First junior international vest. First junior was... Okay, if we put aside, you know, when you go... So when you in, win the English schools under 17s, you go away and you get an England vest. Yeah. And you go t- towards England, Ireland, Scotland, Wales. Mm-hmm. What, I forgot what the competition's called. Inter- I think it's in- international schools. Yeah, something, something like, like that. that. So that would have been my first one. But after that, they used to do a thing called the Jumps International. Mm-hmm. So um, I got selected as under 20 to do the triple jump. And it was in Holland. Okay. So it was my first one abroad, getting all your kit. Yeah. Your kit came through the post. It was the most amazing things. You're trying all your things on. Um, and Mirror selfie? At that I can't time. remember. I don't even know if the selfie was around then. Let's it, be honest. You know what? The, the selfie's been around yeah, no, all the time. We just, we just didn't Blackberries. have the name for it. It yeah. was just mirror photo. There was no selfie. Or did we prior. have camera phones? I don't know. Maybe, maybe yeah. 2009? 2008, 2009? Yeah. I'm going to say. Maybe a Sony Ericsson. Yeah, phone. <laughs> yeah <laughs> those, those um, music phones, yeah. they were so loud. Those, th- for me, those Sony were the Ericsson. best things. They were. Because I had one, when I used to like train and compete, I used mm. to have one mm. and I couldn't leave my house without knowing that this thing was charged <laughs> because this was me for like my entire day. Like 
I'm leaving my house at what eight in the morning. I'm not gonna get back till like maybe six, seven. Mm. I need my phone. This, like, this is gonna there, be my. Didn't have them charger ports at that point as no, well. No, we didn't so. have no portable chargers. Nothing. Oh, the, the kids of today don't know the struggle. <laughs> they don't. Of trying to warm up and you gotta walk around, find a plug, something, <laughs> to charge your phone in between the competition, and then you're getting kicked out of the clubhouse because you're not supposed to be in there all this time. But yeah, so that was your first competition. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously you was excited to go. Mm-hmm. How did that competition go, if you can remember? I don't even know how it went. I think I might have came fourth or sixth. I don't think I jumped very well mm-hmm. at all. Um, it was in stages, so there was a, um, for each jumps event, there was an under 20s, an under 23 and a senior. Yeah. So there was three people for um, male and female for different every jump. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was a junior. Don't think I jumped too well. Maybe 12 meters 40 for some reason I've got stuck in my head. Yeah. Um, but I was just learning. I was there to have fun, do the sport that I love. Mm. Obviously socialize with the team a bit more, get to know. My coach came out, my mum even came out as well. Okay. Which was exciting. Um, I'd never really traveled on my own as well. So <laughs> it was a big thing. Start. Mm. It's a start. Now, now, like you said, you're enjoying your holidays mm-hmm. and stuff um, with exactly. your time off. So that was that was the beginning. Mm-hmm. Now you're just out here traveling in between <laughs> and doing what you need for to do. And, and Any excuse for a flight, man. <laughs> I'm totally behind that. Trust me. I'm I'm here at work and I'm like, mm, you know what? Half term's coming on. Maybe I, maybe I could just sneak a quick flight somewhere warm. I don't <laughs> know. Maybe, maybe it could work. A couple of days <laughs> could days work. Mm. Um, so you went to the under 20 world champs world junior championships yeah how was that that was in canada so mm-hmm. probably the furthest place that i'd ever been to um and first class <laughs> <laughs> i wish <laughs> i wish Crampton economy <laughs> <laughs> yes um yeah it was fun we traveled out there we was away for i think it was around three weeks as well so it was a long time okay for being so young away from my mom and my sisters so and we're really close so Mm. it was a a long time um but yeah we got some good training in my coach came out at the time um competition was crazy Mm. i'd never seen so many talented people at a young age in one place but yeah it was nerve-wracking i can remember it It was very nerve-wracking i went into the qualification rounds or did it go I can't remember. Yeah, qualification rounds. So going into the qualification rounds, top 12 gets to go through to the final. Okay. And I was 12th place. I went through through in 12th place. So I just scraped through to the final, yeah. which I was excited about. Never thought I'd even be able to do that at yeah. all. Um, and the final came and I just thought, right, I'm going for it. And I, f- I remember my coach saying something to me and it just clicked. And I thought, yeah, that's what I've got to do. And I just ran down, took off and jumped a big personal best. Got silver medal out of it. So. <laughs> 12th place qualifying. Yeah. There's some people go the other way. 12th place, well, I don't think I can get any more. Yeah. Cash, try and catch the first two and then see what happens. But, mm. you know, that's a big jump. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a big jump to second place. Mm. Do you know what clicked that day? Do you know what it was? I always call it the junior mentality and I try mm-hmm. and explain this to people now, even juniors, yeah. um, that they've still got that mentality and it's just to run down and just do it. Just yeah. do it. You don't even have to think about it. You're doing it purely on talent. I mean, I didn't train that hard at mm. that point. Um, so I was doing it all on talent and being confident and thinking, yeah, I can do it and running down and getting it. But um, 
it kind of fades away as you get a bit older. Well, you know, things change. Like, <laughs> yeah. is different competition well, yeah. changes, body mm-hmm. gets a bit older. Exactly. It's not as, not as uh, let's say, flexible <laughs> as it was back then. Yeah. So, you know, it, it happens. But to have that, that must have given you a massive confidence boost, like going forward to say to yourself, right, I was in 12th place, tw- the 12th place <laughs> um, coming into this mm-hmm. and I've managed to jump up like 10 places. Yeah. Like that must have been. Mm, I, you kind of don't believe it. It's all a bit unreal at the time. And um, I can remember after the competition, we went into the drugs testing. So I was stuck in there all this time thinking, oh my God, I've just won a silver medal. What mm. am I going to do? I just wanted to go home and ring my mom. But um, yeah, it's crazy. Okay. So from then, what was the next like stage for you? Because you're now the silver medalist of a um, under 20s world championship. So you're coming back to London. Um, how did the sport kind of change for you from then? Um, I got home, got home to my house and my friends and family had made like a little surprise party, which was really exciting. Okay, cool. Um, I can remember getting contacted for a Nike deal. So I signed with Nike the next couple of weeks, which was really exciting. Um, I grew, I didn't grow up in a very privileged area or anything. So mm. getting free Nike stuff was the most amazing thing ever. Um, so yeah, that happened. I was just on cloud nine. Everything was going well, training was going well, I wasn't hurt. Um, And then I don't really know what happened after that. It's a bit of a fuzz. (laughs) It was. We we know what happened. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, you tell me. Life happens. (laughs) It's it's life, it's athletics. It it always happens. It happens at some point in time Mm -hmm. and it's very easy to catch back. We have to just keep that positive mentality Mm -hmm. that no, I am am this good and I can do X, Y, Z. Mm -hmm. Um, so you said you signed a deal with Nike. Mm-hmm. What on, I don't know if you're allowed to say this, but on what grounds like was the contract that you signed with them? Was it like free kit? Um, um, were they paying like expenses for like hotels and stuff okay. like in between training? See, stuff like I that? didn't even know about contracts. I didn't know you could get con- contracts from Nike or I didn't even know about these things. And I can remember being in Canada for the World Juniors and people was talking about contracts and this and that and I was thinking oh my god I've never even heard about this thing because I'm not a London-based athlete I wasn't surrounded by all of these talented athletes all the time Mm -hmm. I was kind of on my own um so when I got back and I got my contract I signed it straight away didn't care what it said (laughs) (laughs) didn't care what it said didn't have an agent didn't kind of have any guidance into what to do or to ask for anything else. Mm-hmm. Or... I said, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just said, just said, yeah. yeah. I mean, I've so, seen that, that can go one of yeah. two ways. I mean, you could have signed away your whole life. I could have, <laughs> I could have. But then I think I signed with, um, what do you call it when you get money at the beginning of the year? I can't remember what it's like called. Sports Aid? No, like no, that. no, with Nike. I forgot what it's called. Anyway, so you get a little sum at the beginning of the year and then mm-hmm. you get free kit throughout the year. Um, and then you'll, um, get bonuses for each time you um, compete. Yeah, so that's what I, do, I signed for. And then I think it was about three days later after I'd signed with Nike and Adidas came to me like, oh, um, whatever's Nike's gave you, will we'll match it. And I'm like, oh, here we go then, <laughs> here we go. I was like, oh, sorry. So yeah, that happened. Couldn't really change that. And then um, the next couple of years, it was a bit of a blur. I was training, but I wasn't jumping any further. Mm-hmm. Um, I would but go to, to seniors then because you were yeah, slowly my first year. I was the first competition as a senior, really. 
First competition as a senior. Well, really, I seen myself as a senior anyway because mm. I was um, competing at the British Senior Championships. Yeah. Um, it was just normal. I was just trying to jump far and it wasn't happening. <laughs> I've got a question for you. Yeah. Um, so traditionally in athletics for the UK, I, f- I personally feel like there's not a lot of depth in a lot of the women's events or there never used to be. So where you said you felt like a senior for a long time, is that because you didn't have the competition in your own age group. So you just found yourself having to compete against the older lot just to try and get a little bit more out of that competition. Yeah, everyone will agree with me that triple jump in the UK is lacking a bit. There mm-hmm. isn't, not everybody's jumping very far, myself mm-hmm. included. <laughs> so um, it is one of those events that is open. Mm-hmm. Um, so me coming through and my first, I think it was my second senior British champs mm-hmm. I I actually won it as and I was only 18 years old and that was the most exciting thing ever I couldn't believe it but really some of the seniors should have I think I jumped around 13 meters 50 or something like that okay. but they should have been jumping more and even as now we should be jumping more as seniors so um hopefully we've got some good juniors coming through especially Naomi as well yeah, which is an good. amazing talent so hopefully she's going to push it all up and um everybody will be jumping a lot further why, why do you think people don't do triple jump as much because everyone seems to be doing the long mm-hmm. jump is it because of the impacts you know because it's it's quite complicated compared to the long jump because mm-hmm. it's easier to teach the long jump to a kid than it is. So. I'm going to just throw it out there. The long jump is actually quite difficult for <laughs> very much. We have this combo all the time. It is not like, it is not just simply running and jumping. We have the same struggles that the triple jumpers do minus their hop and step. <laughs> I, I, I had a go at the triple jump. Like, you know, as I said, just we need to use to fill this gap. Just do it. And it's just a random person in the stand just went, you need to stop doing this because you're going to hurt yourself. Mm-hmm. And since that day, I've not done it. <laughs> since that day, I've literally not done it. It's, it's quite common because I do that a lot. I mean, when I see athletes at competitions and they're not training for the triple jump and I see them just doing it for points, yeah. I don't feel a way to tell them, listen, trust me. <laughs> Take your one jump <laughs> and stop because there is nothing worse than doing an event that you ain't supposed to do and you go and get hurt. And they kind of like some of the younger ones are like, nah, but you know, I want to try it. Ha- I'm having club, fun. You know, I'm like, okay, club. cool. That's fine. I mean, if you're all for your club, by all means, that is up to you. But as an adult, relaying back some information yeah. to a younger athlete. <laughs> Trust me, in the long run, <laughs> this could be very, very bad. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, it is su- it is such a technical event and it only takes the hop or the step to go wrong. And that's it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, me, but yeah, I, didn't even I know, can't. I didn't even know anything about like the seven meter board, 11. I didn't have a clue what was that was. I just kind of like, yeah, yeah, to the officials. Listen, off the seven meter board, the nine meter board, I am the best triple jumper in the world. My technique is so perfect. And then we move it back to, to 11 and 13. I ain't taking off. I'm, I'm, not, re- I'm not reaching the pit. Because the fear, the fear will be, what if you don't reach the peak? Did you ever have yeah. that? Um, 
No, I haven't. But I I did switch as a junior. I switched from the nine meter board to an eleven meter board, which is what I'm off now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that is a big switch because it's obviously it's two meters more yeah. of land that you're gonna have to <laughs> <laughs> that you're gonna have to get past to get to the pit. So yeah. Triple jump is not for everyone. Mm-hmm. I'll put that out there. It is not for everyone. It is one of the most technical events in athletics. And it's really strange because I am so not technical. And my ke- coach, I can see him getting frustrated with me. I don't learn quickly, which is annoying for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've got quite a robust body, so I okay. don't get injured often. Um, a lot of triple jumpers, you know, they've always got knee problems or back yeah, problems yeah. or, you, you know, triple jumpers have always got something. <laughs> yeah. But I don't really have them kind of things. So, um, yeah, I suppose I was built for the triple jumper apart from my height. Okay, <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. So, like you said that you don't you don't catch on to things quickly mm-hmm. and that you feel that there is a there is a massive gap between the jumpers here and overseas. Mm-hmm. So what what would it take to bridge that gap so we are on top with everyone else and also how do you personally feel like okay I can change my training by doing this so I catch this and this more quickly mm-hmm. um I think in the UK it's probably the coaching I'm not saying that the coaches are bad because we've mm-hmm. got some great coaches out there but um maybe they just need some more direction in mm-hmm. the triple jump maybe I mean, I don't really know. I don't follow the triple jump in the UK or outside yeah. <laughs> that, that much. I kind of concentrate on my, my own thing Which and, is good. and do that. So, um, no, it really would be good to see the triple jump coming through over the next couple of years. And I think it will do. You're going to be the face. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't want to. Yeah, I couldn't resist throwing you on the spot with I'm that one. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying out here. What is a typical like jump session for you like what kind of things do you you work on like in terms of like how can I put it everyone has got a particular thing that they are good at in their sport so Mm -hmm. some people are amazing starters if they're sprinters but like their finish isn't as great um some jumpers have a great hop step Mm -hmm. isn't as good jump phase is amazing what is the main thing for you that you work on um, I think as a triple jumper, I'm quite powerful and dynamic mm. on the floor. So give me plyometrics all day, every day, I'll do it. That's like my bread and butter. I love it, which okay. is basically what triple jumpers do. Mm. But putting it all together, doing a hop step and a jump and getting everything right is really difficult for me. And um, I think the way that I hop technically isn't the best. I don't mm-hmm. come off the board. I do some nonsense before I take <laughs> off on the runway. Don't know what that is, but that's what we're working on at the moment to just take off and take the speed through through the um, triple jump because mm-hmm. I'm not slow yeah. as a triple jumper. I'm pretty quick, I'd say, on, on the right day. Yeah. Um, so I think to take the speed going through the board and get a good takeoff is what I'm working on. Okay, sounds good, sounds good. Um, Favorite jump session? Um, plyometrics. So we could yeah. just so plyometrics. <laughs> put a box in there, do a box jump, jumping off a box into the sand or whatever it is, plyometrics, I'll do that. Jumping over hurdles, that's probably my favorite session. Okay. Mm-hmm. I had, <laughs> I'll give you a little story. I remember doing, doing this um, when I was training and I used to enjoy those sessions, like jumping over hurdles and stuff was so much fun. And then one day my coach at the time, he was like, oh, 
um, I think we need to put these a little bit higher because like you seem to be clearing these ones quite 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 easily <laughs> so i said yeah cool no problem <laughs> i've got this i did the first one absolutely fine and then i realized how high the second one was and i didn't jump i said okay cool let me go back and start again i'll, I'll have this went over jumped up and my foot touched the hurdle and i came down on the hurdle Gosh, and it snapped straight through uh... And I remember landing on the ground and I was just laying like sideways. And I was never, I had never been in so much pain in all my life. Like my ribs <laughs> were sore from just literally smacking the ground. And I thought, yeah, I'm not doing this for a while. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'm gonna leave this one alone for a bit and maybe come back in a few years. Do you have any influences in the sport that you kind of I know you said you don't watch it as much like in terms of outside because you focus on yourself, mm -hmm. but is there one particular athlete that the way that they do something, you're like, okay, cool. I need to try and catch that because yeah. this could help. Um, I think the one triple jumper that I'd look up to was Yame, who's mm -hmm. actually a British triple jumper. Yeah. Um, I think she's amazing. She is so bouncy. I've, I think I remember seeing her jumping over a hurdle once and I was just so amazed. And this wasn't even at a young age, this is even now. So um, watching her do certain things is pretty cool. Okay, do, um, do you have much contact with her? Like in between training, does she still do No, I don't. I don't really know what's going on with her. I don't know where she is or what she's doing, but I just know that she's an amazing athlete and definitely one that I looked up to. Mm. Is your training, your training group, like, is it just you or is there like a range of We've other got athletes? a big group. So I have two training groups. Okay. Um, obviously my coach is Aston, but he has a group in Birmingham and mm -hmm. in Loughborough. So I used to be based in Birmingham. So we have people like Nathan Douglas, who's yeah. like, I look up to Dougie. We call him Dougie. Mm. So I look up to him the most. He's like my figure that I um, look up to, big role mod model. And um, we have Ferran so Sayers, who's just jumped eight meters this year. Okay, cool. Amazing athlete, he's one of the younger boys. Um, we have Sarah Warnock, she's a long jumper. Dave Smith, he's a high jumper. Um, I feel like I'm missing people out. If she misses you <laughs> out, if I miss it's you not out. intentional. <laughs> it's not personal. It's not a personal um, thing, we're putting her on the spot. Obviously coach, he, um, coaches Julian Reed, Kimberly Williams, who's a triple jumper as well. Okay, cool. She's um, from from Jamaica. Jamaica yeah. um, also, Dovey Kilty, who's Richard Kilty's wife, who's a triple jumper from Lithuania. Oh, okay. As Didn't well. So yeah, it's pretty cool to train him with her. But then in Loughborough, I have a different group. So I have Ben Williams, who's a triple jumper. Yeah. Amazing talent. And then um, some para guys. So we have Steph Reed, Paralympic long jumper, Olivia Breen, Paralympic long jumper and sprinter. Zach, um, he's a Paralympic sprinter. We have some really cool people in our group, so yeah. How is it training in such a big group? Because I know, um, obviously, Aston's been a coach for years, mm -hmm. so he's got the experience of doing that. But for you, how what is it like? Like, because you're sharing, you're basically sharing yeah. the eyes for what three three hours, yeah. roughly. Um, if we're on the runway, obviously it's hard because you're running down, you're taking off doing your jumping, you have to go and get your feedback from your coach while somebody else is up there waiting to come yeah. down. Yeah. yeah. But my coach is really good, so he'll stagger our training. Mm -hmm. So 
two people, three people max at a time will be doing a technical session so he can get everything out of you and give you as much feedback as possible. But some days you're really lucky, you'll be on a one-to-one with coach. Okay. And that's when you learn a lot because he's just focused on you and trying to fix certain things. Right. Sounds good. Um, so you said you said you used to train in Birmingham. Mm-hmm. Um, where did you train before? What was the reason you moved here? And where are you currently training now? Then, if you're not here anymore. Um, so I used uh, obviously I'm from Leicester. Mm-hmm. I've I always competed for Leicester Coritanians. Trained with a lady called Glenis Morton all through my athletics younger career up yeah. until 2012, I think it was. Okay. Um, in 2012. Um, the Olympics had just been and it made me think, right, what do I need to do to jump further and make the next Olympics, basically? What do I need to do? And I, I sat down and it was a really hard decision because I'd been there for so long and I was, wasn't was very independent at all. So mm-hmm. my coach, Glenis, she'd done absolutely everything for me. I just get told to turn up <laughs> with this and um, basically I would just go there and jump. Yeah. So... I decided to move to Aston in 2012 and that meant that I was driving over every day for two sessions a day um, in this new training group that was really scary at the time that I thought. And um, it was a good, really good move. I I learned so many different things, but um, I had to learn to be very independent. Mm. So I had to, you know, sign up to competitions myself, which I always miss the deadline. And then I'm begging people to let me in the competitions (laughs) because I've forgot to get back to them or um, even booking trains or flights or warm weather or things like that. I had to do it all myself. So it was a big shock. But um, moving over to Birmingham was the best thing I'd probably done. Um, I learned so much. Aston's one of the best coaches in the world to me, I think. So um, I'm really lucky that it's just down the road and I can go and train with him. Okay. So now you're not training in Birmingham, Mm -hmm. you're back over in Leicester? Leicester. So I I moved, I eventually moved to Birmingham Mm -hmm. to train here because the driving was getting too much. Yeah. And then... I just missed home. It's only 45 minutes down the road, I know, but I missed home. So I moved back. And um, the reason being is because Aston got a group in Loughborough. Yeah. So then I was really lucky because around the corner from my home, home ha- my address, yeah. it was where my coach was going to be. So I moved back to home where it's all free and fantastic. <laughs> when you stayed in Birmingham, <coughs> Did you stay by yourself or um, were you like with a group of athletes? Yeah, I stayed by myself. Okay, so you had to cook, clean. Yeah, everything, everything. everything. (laughs) And it was quite lonely as well because um, I was quite young and I lived 45 minutes down the road. Not all of my friends drove. Mm -hmm. Obviously, my family are working throughout the week, so I didn't get to see anyone. It would be go to training, come home, that's it. Um, So it's quite lonely. So it's a good, good choice for me to move back home I think it's really important to have something outside of athletics to focus on because yeah. it does it gets onto you too much you need to escape it somehow especially during the bad the bad especially with sometimes during the good times to be mm-hmm. fair because it can be too over- overwhelming exactly and you yeah. just need to take a step back and then come back into it mm-hmm. so when you like you said it's quite lonely and it's mm-hmm. quite boring to be on your own being back home like what are the things that you can do to pass your time? Like what's your secret hobbies? Um, let's say favorite foods that you kind of just snack on, like all of that, all of that background stuff. 
Um, so where I live, most of my friends have all got children. Mm -hmm. So my children <laughs> are my dogs. <laughs> okay, I have cool. two dogs. I take them out everywhere with me. Mm. Um, I get to see my friends most days. So I'll finish training, go home, shower, knit around one friend's for a coffee, go around the others for a dinner, <laughs> go and see my nan, go see my grandma, can see everybody lives so close by. And yeah. I, I think I'm really lucky because a lot of people that are based in Loughborough at the High Performance Centre, they have had to move up to Loughborough and train there. Yeah. Whereas I live around the corner, all of my friends and family are there and I can live at home, which is great. So it must make training like a little bit a lot easier because you have so much things that you can just preoccupy yourself with in between your sessions like you're not just worrying uh i've got to worry about tomorrow's session today's session was terrible because you've got like just these little things that can kind of distract you from it i don't know yeah just quit, trying to paint a picture i wouldn't actually do if i had a bad session i wouldn't dwell on it i would kind of just move on and probably a bad thing about me i am so laid back and relaxed and if something went wrong, I'd be like, oh, okay then, try it the next try time. Tomorrow. Yeah. That's, a, so, that's not a bad thing. So that's I a, don't that's really, a good quality to yeah. have. Because um, there are athletes who will have a bad session or a bad race, bad jump, and it will literally dwell on them until the next competition. And for me, that, that next competition could be weeks away. And if you're still dwelling it's on it. It's the season, can't it? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Everything could just go downhill yeah. from that one competition. But if you're so laid back and mm -hmm. chilled, it's probably a lot easier to kind of take those bad moments and you just say oh yeah you know what i didn't sleep too good last night <laughs> that's probably why this competition <laughs> went like this so mm. sounds pretty chill like you you seem quite chilled out for the position that you're in as well which i think is good because um a lot of documentaries that you watch on athletes it's like it's literally their life like you yeah. sometimes think do you actually do anything else? <laughs> you sleep? Like, I mean, I watched an interview um, on an athlete a couple of years ago and it was like, his life was just so timetabled. It was it was crazy. He was just like, yeah, I eat this on a Monday and I eat this on a Tuesday. And at this time I have to do this. And on this day I have to do this. And I was just kind of like, I'm all for like loving your sport and whatnot, <laughs> but this is too much even for me. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. what's your diet like? Um, oh, don't ask okay. me. <laughs> no, you can ask me. Um, it's it's not the best. I it's something that I'm working on. So when I got injured in 2017, it's I started personal training. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of because I was teaching somebody else what to do. I had to kind of do it myself. So I lost quite a bit of weight, mm -hmm. and that's always been my problem as a triple jumper. You know, triple jumpers are tall and slim. Yeah. Well, quite skinny, and I'm quite small and chunky. <laughs> so okay. I don't look like a it's triple muscle, jumper. It's, fine. it's mm -hmm. that's why I always it's say muscle. muscle weighs more than fat. Exactly. Yeah. Everyone <laughs> says that, right? You just got to keep. Run. We will run with that, and no one can say anything. <laughs> exactly. But I, I was trying to think of a way as well how I can jump further, and mm -hmm. one of those issues was my weight which is my diet mm -hmm. so I did start working on that and I think I've kind of grasped how I can drop weight at certain times of the year so yeah. hopefully fingers crossed I can sort that out this year I've still got a couple kg to lose but okay. <laughs> I'm sure I can do it are we allowed to know what the, the target is or yeah you can do but you'll think I'm really heavy but I, I actually <laughs> don't care because I tell everybody so um my target is to weigh 63 kg and that okay. sounds heavy for my height but I weigh a lot I like at the moment I weigh about 67 kg and about three weeks ago I weighed 70 so I've lost three kg in in three weeks 
<laughs> Personally speaking, I don't know how you feel, but <laughs> I can't see where this 70 <laughs> Exactly. It's a lot though, isn't it? 70 I, kg. I, I don't know where, mm. where that would be because you don't look, look. you don't look <laughs> like someone who would even have oh, that thanks. kind of that kind of weight to them. But okay, so you got your target of mm -hmm. getting down to 63. Yeah. Is there a time frame that you are putting on? Um, obviously, you said that mm -hmm. your first competition is in eight weeks. So yeah. is that wait <laughs> for the eight weeks? It's or is that cool, more like towards the middle of the season? Because so, it is quite a long season. Yeah, so. it is a bit tight. So um, obviously, I don't want to peak at Loughborough, mm -hmm. but... I need to get some qualification marks in because I want to go to the World Championships yeah. and I've got to jump 1420. So okay. I need to jump that before British Champs, hopefully. Um, so I need to be at my target weight. Yeah. But one of the bad things that I used to do is I used to drop the weight quickly within two weeks and that would be it. But I need to gradually do it so it can stay off. I'll so that is be taking my... some tips on how yeah. to lose weight in two weeks. <laughs> yeah. So, well, just don't eat. I'm <laughs> joking. Don't <laughs> eat. That's got to be like the worst advice I've ever <laughs> Train every day and then No, <laughs> no I just, um, I up my cardio and, you know, scrap the carbs and things like that. Mm -hmm. But I've learned how to do it gradually and hopefully it will stay off that way. And I think I've figured it out finally after all of this time. Hey, no time like the present. Mm -hmm. um, so you said you've got your uh, target of 1420, mm -hmm. which is slightly more than what your PB is at mm -hmm. this point in time. Um, how do you feel that journey is going to be this year? Because obviously you've been training since, say, October, mm -hmm. November. So you kind of have an idea where you're at, at the moment and what you could do in between now and British Champs. And what is it like knowing that you've got such a long season? Because Champs isn't until October, September, yeah, September October. October, yeah. Like, what are you going to, how is your timetable going to change from like previous years? Because you've got such a long time frame mm -hmm. now. Are you going to compete more, train more, try and mix the two? <laughs> like, what, how do you find like making those targets? Because I know some people will, once they're in season, they'll kind of just compete and that'll be their training session. Yeah. Some people will do a couple of competitions here drop off, go back into heavy training? What do you I think you're... I think that every year that I have, I'm constantly chasing standards and targets mm -hmm. to get a certain distance to be able to make championships. Mm -hmm. And I think this year is perfect for me because I've got a long, a long time period to be able to get a distance in. And if I'm yeah. gonna do it, this is gonna be the year. Yeah. Um. So fingers crossed, I can get some competitions out and, hopefully get the standard <laughs> do you do more um international meets or do you do more home meets um i'm a big thing for competing for your club so i'll always turn up for birchfield i'll always be there at the even if i have to go there and do a short approach i've done it 800 meters for birchfield I, we, we get the points in as girls do and we all rally up she together doesn't like running <laughs> exactly <laughs> i was thinking the they same they appreciated thing. it they appreciated That's it great. a lot and i think i'm sure we won the league that year as well so yeah that 800 meter, meters needed to be done but other than Birchwood competitions, British Championships is like my big one that I love every year. Mm -hmm. um, if we're at warm weather, so say we'd gone out to America for warm weather, we'll open there at the competitions because there's some good meets out there. Yeah. But other than that, we'll fly around Europe, here, there and everywhere doing some comps. Are you doing warm weather training this year? Is that on the cards or is it yes, up we, in the air at the moment? We're going over to Tenerife this year. Okay. But I'm cool. only going through 
a week because of work. I think a couple of people are going out for a couple of weeks in our group. But um, yeah, it'll be a nice setup. It's just, it's the week before Loughborough. So be nice and tanned for my competition. <laughs> okay, okay. I'll, <laughs> I'll, make, I'll, make sure, I'll make sure I'm there for, to watch this competition. I'm like, I don't know. The, oh, wait. She's got uh, Yeah. I know this, but I remember who it is now. Um, so you're only going out for a week. Mm-hmm. How would your training differentiate for that one week as opposed to you going for a couple of weeks like some of your training partners? Yeah. Is it going to be a lot like more intense and you just focus on very specific things for that week or are you still going to just take it as it would be and then you just maybe come back and train indoors for those other weeks that you're not around i think um it it just freshens you up Mm -hmm. i'm basically going out there to make myself feel yeah catch a tan (laughs) number one (laughs) but to make yourself feel good so when you're doing technical things um you feel fresher in your heat your body feels a lot better um and then when you come back, hopefully you've learned a lot of technical things and it, it won't be heavy training because yeah. it's the week going into the competition. So it won't be heavy at all. Um, and it also it's a good thing to get away from everything. Yeah. So you're not working, you're not at home, not got my sisters nagging at me. <laughs> I've not got to, you know, do everything that you would at home, drive around, you just at your hotel, walk over to the track, train, come back, focus. And you're there to think about athletics rather than real life. Okay. That's true. So you've done warm weather training for a number of years. America, is this the first time you've done Europe or have you done Europe a few times? Um, I have only done Europe once and it was this year. So we went out to Tenerife in January. But other than that, it's always in America. Okay, so how was it in Tenerife um, as opposed to being in America? Um, America's the one. Okay. <laughs> Tenerife is a really good setup. The weather's amazing. Um, the track is quite busy, but as jumpers, it doesn't matter to us because yeah, yeah. we can share the pit. But I can imagine as a sprinter or a long distance runner, you, it's going to annoy you because there's a lot of people on the track. But um, it's a great setup at Tenerife. But in America, the facilities are out of this world to the ice baths, the weather, the shops, the food. <laughs> everything when you're when you're out there how long do you normally go for because it's um i know it's quite a long Mm -hmm. it's a long journey Mm -hmm. i know some people go for like a month Mm -hmm. how long is what's the longest time you've been away i think the shortest time i've been to america is two weeks yeah and that was the last time i went but i went before for three weeks i've been i went for six weeks to um florida to orlando and miami i've done a couple of meets out of there and i broke it down by a couple of my friends came out to meet me and chill with me which was pretty cool but the year before that i was really lucky so i went to the um we went out for three weeks as a competition Mm -hmm. and my agent at the at the time KZ Sports shout out to them um he's actually in my training group Zeke's and he was out there and he says oh you've actually been um accepted to a meet in Jamaica whilst I was in America but you have to stay here for another three weeks on your own and I was like oh staying out here so what I did, I said, yeah, I've never been to Jamaica. I like flying, I like holidays. I'm going to go there and I'm going to jump. I mean, like you, it's three <laughs> weeks with your favourite things, food, exactly. shopping, <laughs> sun. It's not bad when you can when you take into consideration. Yeah. I mean, three weeks out there as opposed to three weeks um, living here on your own. <laughs> kind of different. Yeah, so I stayed, I uh, booked a car, 
um, stayed at a couple of people's houses that we, that was already there on yeah. warm weather and then I booked into a hotel for another time. And then my friend was in Miami, so I went drove down to them and stayed with them and I flew from Miami over to Jamaica and I got to compete out there. So yeah. in total, I think I was there for six weeks when I only thought I was gonna be there for three. And because I didn't have a full-time job at home and yeah. I was a, a free agent, so I could just kind of go anywhere and try and jump far. And I went out there, it was a good comp, good experience, really hot. Yeah, I, I <laughs> a different can imagine. kind of heat, yeah. Was it like that sticky kind of heat where yes. you almost couldn't breathe and yeah. after the jump, you're kind of like, what have I been training for? Exactly, I didn't feel fit at all. So I can remember running down the runway and it was Lloyd Cowan, he was mm. there and he, he was helping me out for his runway. So as Lloyd is, he came down, put his chair down and I've ran through and I've came up to him saying, oh, how was that? And he says, Laura, wipe your forehead. <laughs> Was it, that bad? it was so hot yeah and I was like oh okay <laughs> do you um so obviously you had to keep very hydrated when you mm -hmm. was there um I remember the first time I was out overseas and I had I got really dehydrated and it was simply because the water there tasted so different <laughs> like I refused to drink I was, no I was about I was about six or seven years old at the time and I refused to drink the water because it tasted different and I went out somewhere and we was out for it was that for the day, it was like a street party. I passed out from dehydration oh. to the point where, you know what? I was literally fed the water and they, they were trying to give me the water and I'm trying to push it back out. Oh. It was that bad. Like, did you manage to stay hydrated during that competition yeah. or was it like... As an athlete, you know that you need to drink all of that water, take your electrolytes. Food out there was pretty good as well. So obviously I was taking that, but... Yeah, I, I was fine. What was the um, the track like out there? Because obviously they're, um, say, how can I put this without <laughs> being mean? I won't say what I'm thinking. What was the track like mm -hmm. out there as opposed to here and in America? Um, it wasn't bad at all. I mean, it's not the best track I'd ever mm. been to, but... Um, it wasn't bad at all. All we need is a runway, a board and a sandpit. Yeah. And as as jumpers, you'll probably know this, but we always judge the sand like, oh, that sand's a bit grainy, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, that sand, <laughs> oh, they need to put some water on yeah. that. We do. But I mean, I can't, nothing sticks in my head to say that it was bad, mm -hmm. but nothing to say that, oh, it was really good. I just okay. remember it being it's really hot. That's all. <laughs> nice memory to have from it, yeah. at least. So just going back over a few points, you were signed, you was signed with Nike. Mm -hmm. Is that something that's still going now? Where you still get a few things from them or are we looking for a new sponsor? Yes, definitely. So um, I can't even remember when I got dropped from Nike. It was about two, three years ago now. Mm -hmm. I can't remember the actual year, but yeah, not was signed with anyone. Was that when you got yeah, injured? Yeah, yeah. So when I got injured, I think it was. I can't remember the exact year. It feels like a long time ago when it's only a couple of years ago, really. <laughs> Did they give you a reason why? Um, I think that there was just dropping a few athletes because of the funding. And I think that's when um, Nike just signed with the British Athletics deal as well. Okay. Yeah. So um, obviously they're probably cutting some of their funds. Yeah. Which at the time I didn't think it was that much of a bad thing. I was like, oh, I'll just go to someone else and I'll try and ask them. But it's not that simple, <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> So you've reached out to others mm -hmm. at... Um, I don't, I wouldn't say I had, no. I sent, I think I sent a few emails once at that time. Never heard anything back, so I didn't really do it, do anything. If there's any companies that are listening to this <laughs> podcast, we have a young lady here who's an amazing <laughs> jumper and she's looking for sponsorship. 
whether it's kit, food, water, anything you guys can offer free us. Free travel. Free travel. <laughs> British Airways, I know you're out there somewhere. Light company, that would we, be the one. I like look, holidays. See, look, you, she can be your poster girl for the <laughs> next few years. Like, let's get the ball rolling. Is it more difficult once you've experienced it and then you don't have it? Is yeah. it difficult to go back to it? Or is it kind of like you, because you weren't sponsored before and then you just got this like nice gift as yeah. I would say, to then going back to how it was before. Like, is it an easy transition? Like back, forth? Or is I would it say, so obviously growing up, my mum always used to buy all my things and mm-hmm. we wasn't the richest family at all. So I know that she struggled to buy me the tracksuits and the mm-hmm. spikes and the trainers. Yeah. You know, we go through a lot of trainers yep. as kids and as athletes, as kids as well. So when I got my night contract, most amazing thing ever. Mm-hmm. But then getting dropped from Nike, I realized how much things were (laughs) because I'd never bought them before. My mum had bought them before that. So um, a pair of spikes now, it's like over a hundred pounds. Even to buy a pair of leggings, you're talking about 40 quid. So yeah, I I, mean, (laughs) it's a a big difference. And even to fund those kind of things, it is difficult, especially when you're not sponsored and you're not working as an athlete. So it is difficult, but I mean, you make it work, (laughs) you make it work. So you are now obviously in control of like buying your own equipment and whatnot. Mm. Have you tested the waters of like different companies for spikes and stuff? Cause I'm, I'm I was always quite Nike driven. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to wear their stuff. And then they changed like how they made their long jump spikes. Yeah. And then I stopped liking them. Oh really? Um, so I tried Adidas and I thought, yeah, they're all right. Tried Asics for a little bit. Have you tested the waters with a few other companies and say, yeah, um, these ones work best for me? I think I, I've always wore Adidas. When I was younger growing up, I wore Adidas. When I got signed to Nike, it took me about a year to get used to the um, Nike shoes to a point sure. where I didn't even wear the Nike shoes. I wore the Adidas ones and I coloured the lines in. <laughs> <laughs> but then I thought, right, now nah, seriously, I need to wear them. So I wore the Nike shoes and then they changed them to the new shape that they yeah. are now because they never used to be like that. They wasn't as great as they are now. Um, so they are a good show. Yeah. But when I got dropped from Nike, I thought I wore Adidas before. Let me see what they're like. Mm-hmm. And because I have a lot of problems with my feet, with my plantar fasciitis anyway, I um, the Adidas ones are a lot more supportive. Yeah. So I switched to Adidas shoes and that's what I wear now. And they're a lot heavier and a lot blockier, but depending on the athlete, what you are, and triple jump is such a um, hard sport, putting your foot down all the time. Yeah. Um, it supports your foot and your body a lot more. Because I, I, I was going to say that, like, I know my favorite Nike spike. I'm sorry. You might remember these ones. It was like a black, it was a red and white long jump shoe that they used to have. Yeah. And then they done like an all white version. Mm-hmm. Those were the best ones yeah. for me. They, they were amazing. Mm-hmm. And then they changed it to the shape that they have now. And I was just like, no, nah, like these <laughs> ones. And the reason why I never um, initially went to Adidas was because they just looked so bulky. Mm-hmm. And then I tried it and I was like, nah, these don't feel right. But like you said, you tried them, you had them mm-hmm. before. So mm-hmm. you were used to it. It took you a year to get used to that change to having, I'm gonna say a lighter shoe yeah. and less supportive. Could that have potentially been the beginning of your 
your plantar fasciitis? Um, I think I'd I'd always had had it when mm-hmm. I was growing up. I always had like pains in my feet, and they used to say to me if I went to a physio or something. Obviously, it wasn't sports specific, mm. but they would say, "Oh, it's growing pains. It's just because you're growing." Yeah. Um, you know, you have a pain in your heel, or you got a bruised heel, <laughs> and I always for up until the last four years, mm-hmm. I thought that I always got bruised heels, and I've realised now after seeing a better physios and people that it's plantar fasciitis and that's what it was and it was so bad that my heels were bruising yeah and the whole of the bottom of my foot was bruised so um I've worked on that a lot over the last few years and um finally got to a stage now where it's managed and I don't have any pain and it's one of those things as well that even people that aren't athletes they struggle with it a lot a lot so so how do you like how do you deal with that um because obviously you're still doing triple jumps, mm-hmm. so you've always got the, it could get triggered by mm-hmm. anything. Um, in terms of like taking care of it outside of track, mm-hmm. how do you deal with that? And then obviously in your sessions, is it kind of like, I'll do as many as I can until I kind of feel a little mm-hmm. bit of pull? Like, um, with mine, if it hurts, I know it's not doing anything bad yeah. because I've got strong feet. They're just painful sometimes. Yeah. Um, but... I ice my feet all the time, sick of doing that. Um, I Eventually I got injections into the bottom of my feet, which was the most painful thing ever. And I'm not good with injections at all. I don't get all of that dry needling and acupuncture that a lot of people do. I don't do that, which is quite strange as an athlete that I'd never had it. Yeah. But um, I had shockwave into the bottom of my heels, um, all sorts of different things in my feet. And I just have to make sure that they're rolled out and my calves are stretched yeah. and everything's feeling okay before I do something. That sounds that <laughs> sounds tough. I mean, I'm not one for noodles neither, so no. I'm totally with you on that one. Um, on having that, was it, how, how did you get that process of having to do it? Like, oh, um, so we're gonna try and do an injection. Was mm-hmm. you kind of like, no, 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 I'm not having yes. that. Or was you just like, okay it's for the greater good of my (laughs) of my body and just kind of had it done or was it like a process first um yeah so as I said when I took the whole year out and thought oh let me enjoy life for a bit Mm -hmm. outside of athletics and I came back during the whole winter season it came to indoor and that's when my feet started hurting Mm -hmm. um so I think I took that year off again after a couple of competitions trying to struggle through yeah and but I'd already came back and done all the work and it was really annoying me and, and my aim was always on Tokyo to get to the Olympics and do it. Yeah. So um I just plucked up the courage and thought people had told me before you're gonna have to get them injected, it will help, blah blah blah, get shockwave, it will help. But I always thought, No, I never have these things. I don't <laughs> even get a massage, I ain't getting going to the physio. But in the end I thought, right, I need to start investing in my body. So yeah. you know, I'll get regular massage, I'll go and see the physio and I got special um orthotics in my shoes mm-hmm. all kinds everyday of shoes or like just your training i've got shoes? them in my everyday shoes my training trainers and my spikes as well so i kind of invested into it so that um they wouldn't trigger off or oh. it would help me and it, it has helped a lot it's and i never thought it tools, was isn't so. it? it's the tools of your trade so you need to look after them exactly and they're... i wasn't a big fan of that at all because i don't even now I don't get massages and I, I've just had a massage now and mm. he was just saying, look, Laura, you really need to do it. Um, yeah, yeah, and I said to him, right, from now, you tell me if it's been too long and I haven't had one, then make sure you shout me. Because so I just get weeks, on with it. Every three weeks, every six weeks maybe, oh. give a body a little refresh and then 
Yeah, see, I I can't remember the last time I had a massage. We're now in second week, week of March, are we? And the last time I had a massage was probably November time. <laughs> so I'm not looking time. after my body. So this is my new thing now. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. But you don't get them. So you don't get the massages. Mm-hmm. But I'm guessing you kind of do like all the stretching mm-hmm. and stuff yourself so maybe that's why because you do the uh, mm-hmm. these stuff outside of track where a lot of people kind of yeah. fall off um i wouldn't say i stretch it i don't stretch i don't roller i'm really bad with these kind of things so i'm trying to learn as an athlete to look after my body but one thing that i do do now mm-hmm. over the last year or so is yoga okay so i've actually i'm actually now an ambassador for hot pod yoga it's all over the uk um and it's basically it's really cool actually it's a it's a bouncy castle that's upside down and there's heaters in there so it's hot so it keeps the heat in um and you you sign up on an app it's really cool and you do all of this yoga there's different types of yoga that you do in this bouncy castle i call it Can but it's you... called a pod <laughs> okay so <laughs> upside down we're we're gonna stick with upside down but ba- yeah down. i kind of like that one as opposed to pod but Please tell me how a bouncy castle is upside down. (laughs) (laughs) It's not actually a bouncy castle. It's kind of a big inflatable Mm -hmm. that you go into. It's like, it's a bit futuristic, actually. You walk into like a little door and then you've got all your mats and everything out there. But, and it's hot in there as well. So you can use it as recovery or just for stretching. So if I've just been on a run or been to training, I can go to one at, like 10 o'clock at night just before yeah. I go to bed all types of different things and it is really good for you and I've I've made it's made a difference on my body anyway okay maybe maybe, maybe mm. we can try I'll it out try. give it a go <laughs> yeah go. they've got it everywhere in the UK I mean okay. I tried yoga once and <laughs> it was not for me <laughs> I felt so embarrassed because some of the stretch like it was simple mm-hmm. stretches but the way my hamstrings were <laughs> It was going to take a miracle to get into even halfway of the positions that they were trying to get me in. Like, that I've got written yeah, tight like, I still do. I still do yoga. Like, I enjoy doing it. Mm-hmm. But I found it harder than my gym sessions. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sweating after yoga. You know? yeah. <laughs> I was like, you know, I thought I came here to relax. And then <laughs> just come in and just drill some sweat. Mm. <laughs> I was like, in these mad positions. But, yeah. you know try as much as I can to you know keep up with the girls because a lot of the girls are really really flexible mm. and they just just take it like that I'm all for it I mean when when people say yoga is supposed to be relaxing I am literally like I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> it is not relaxing it is, not. It, it is one of the most hardest things that I've ever had to try oh, no. in my life Maybe you need a different instructor. Maybe, yeah. maybe we can give it a go. I'll find someone. Eventually. I'm not very good at it at all. I look around at people and I think, "How are you doing that?" I look around for kind of see, but it is really good for you and it makes a big difference. It really does. We'll see. Twenty. Oh, well. It's twenty. It's still the beginning of twenty nineteen. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe, maybe right. we'll get something going. Anyway, on that note, so you've added improvements on you're bringing new things into stretching. Mm-hmm. So your target is Tokyo, twenty twenty. You've seen the standard that's been set out. Yes, I have. So what do you think about that? Um, It's hard. It's a hard standard, but it's not something that is out of my reach. I feel like I can jump that. I feel like I've been able to jump that 
for a long time I just haven't had the opportunity and there's a few tweaks that I need to do to be able to get my jumps in and as jumpers they will always go on about no jumps mm-hmm. and you think oh yeah but it was a no jump yeah. <laughs> it's, it's quite annoying but I've jumped it numerous amounts of times as a no jump so I know I can do it I've just got to get one in yeah. and that gives me the confidence that I can do it Alright, cool. So, um, just before we go, mm-hmm. targets for 2019 and I'm going to say 2022. Um, I want to go to the Olympics. That's my ultimate aim. And I'm 28 years old now, so mm-hmm. I need to make this one. Yeah. Um, so that's my aim. After that, I don't know what I'll do. I know that the Commonwealth Games is in Birmingham in 2022, and that's like a home games for me, big time, 45 minutes down the road. (laughs) So that is my big aim. And hopefully I can go out there and jump a lot further than what I have been doing and what I think I should do. Okay, cool. Well, from me, I wish the best of luck on your journey for the Mm -hmm. next couple of years. and especially for this season, I wish you the best of luck in terms of getting the distances that's necessary to make it to the World Championships. Um, thank you for joining us on the podcast today. It's been very, very interesting and amazing. Um, yeah, if you've got anything else to add, now's the time. Yeah. Uh, no, thank you so much for having me. It's been great. Yeah, and thank you to Bestfield for giving us lovely space. Yes, yeah. cannot forget. Yeah. Thank you, Birchfield, for allowing us to use your club room as an interview space. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully we can do some more if possible. <laughs> I'm um, sure a lot of the people. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, once again, thank you very much for mm-hmm. um, having the time to sit down with us and just let us know and the public know a little bit more about you. Thank All you. Right, we'll see you in the future. This is Athletics Productions. My name is DJ Armani alongside my co-host Victor. Um, Just want to shout out to YSN for as being part of the sponsor.